All right, welcome back to the big program uh, as we welcome in our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years, cougarcollision.com. Welcome in, Schlemmer. How was the Thanksgiving weekend? Thanks, Kev. Uh, Thanksgiving was awesome. Just had uh, some nice time with the family, a little bit of turkey, a little <laughs> overeating. Yeah, a little overeating. So we were just talking in the break about your, uh, your. I guess you want the mayo. Duke wants the mayo on the turkey sandwich. I just like <laughs> a little bit of basil or butter. I and think that's your generation, honestly. My parents, same way, put butter on everything, yeah. um, sandwiches. What was I it? don't know. I'm more of a mayo guy. I got multiple flavors of mayo in my fridge. <laughs> okay, what about a, like a sriracha mayo? Love it. Okay. Got sriracha, the bacon mayo, great on a sandwich. Bacon mayo. Yeah, game Why don't changer. you just put bacon on the... Well, you can, but I like the sauce too. So what? Sauce you might guy. as well just have a turkey clubhouse in here. Do you put tomato and lettuce? No, no, not a tomato guy. Oh. I'll, t- I'll take some lettuce. Wow, we got tomatoes still ripening on the vine, Schlemmer. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got probably, what, we got seven or eight along the garage, Took a couple big kahunas out on Monday. Well, Massive, like the size of a softball. You got a little green thumb? Well, we're trying our best, but I don't know. This uh, turkey sandwich business. Well, so anyway, the Duke worked about 27 hours yesterday. Wow. Not sure if you're aware of that. And then he went home. And How many sandwiches did you have, Duke? Yesterday? I had, uh, I think, two turkey and two ham buns. And then a, a small serving of mashed potatoes. I wanted to save those for uh, later in the week here. Because I won't be won't be having any leftovers today because it's a pizza pig out night down at Molson Hockey House. Yeah, so be, we're going to head down to that. devouring pizza. So, nice. Okay. Uh, we're all heading down to that. That's the Jason Greger pizza pig out at uh, Molson Hockey House. What can, can you wolf down like an extra large or what are, what are you at, Schlemmer? Yeah, I'm a huge pizza guy. So no problems. Yeah, I love pizza. If there's one thing I could eat for the rest of my life, that's what, what it would be. What about chicken wings? Big fan of chicken wings too, but not more than pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, night number one of the NHL last night, did you... Pony up to the TV, watch a couple games. What'd you think? I did. So I was very excited about uh, the Connor Bedard debut. So watch that. Um, was very impressed with the kid. Yeah. He showed really well, I thought. Um, struggled in the circle. I mean, he's mostly facing <laughs> Sid. Sid the kid, just snapping him back on him all night there. <laughs> but uh, maybe a little bit lost in the D zone. But other than that, he looked unbelievable, I thought. Uh, what an exciting player to watch. One of those guys that just seems like the puck follows him around. Um, carries it through the neutral zone with a lot of speed. He's got that wicked release where he kind of dragged the puck right into his feet. And mm-hmm. he's a playmaker, too. Made a lot of good plays. Uh, not afraid to go, guys, one-on-one. Just uh, just an exciting player to watch. I'm excited for what's to come from him. Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Thoughts on Connor Bedard. Thoughts on the Oilers uh, getting ready tonight. We'll touch on the Oilers in a second. We'll stick with Bedard here, Schlemmer. Um, what did you think? So someone hit his stick at the beginning of the game. They're going out to warm up. Someone like he didn't forget his stick. Someone hit it on him. Yeah, absolutely. And. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's part of it when you're a rookie, for sure. He's not going to get any special treatment there. Uh, like to him and Korczynski went uh, no buckets for warm-up. Mm-hmm. I guess they'll take the, the $2,500 fine. Is that Gary. how much it is? 
That's what I saw on uh, Missing Curfew podcast there on Instagram last night. Said it was $2,500 fine, so I'm sure they can afford it. In that sense, uh, in that instance, do all the players maybe chip in, or does that happen anymore? I'm not sure. I mean, if he's they not chip me. he's only league one. minimum plus bonuses and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure he had enough money on the board uh, his first game, and they got the <laughs> win there too. So yeah, he's probably down a little bit of cash today. Did you? Okay, so he did three interviews last night. One after the first. That. <laughs> so he did the second one, um, and then he does the third one after the game. So unless the Hawks win, he's not doing that third one. That's the only reason that he's doing the third one. But probably. I mean, that's a hat trick of interviews. Don't recall that happening before. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's probably got 20% of my career interviews already <laughs> after his debut, so he's doing pretty well for yeah. himself. I was going to say, did, how, so you've obviously done one. Yeah, I've done a handful, definitely, but uh, nowhere near three in the same game. <laughs> <laughs> so explain how that works. Okay, so if you have a good period... Uh, okay, we let's not talk about Bedard. Let's just talk about David Schlemko or a guy that's probably, you know, he's not exactly going to be doing a lot of interviews. So if you have a good first period, do you kind of have a feeling you're walking off? How does that work? Yeah, you kind of have a feeling, I guess, uh, if you score, you know, put up a couple points in a period, have a big hit, something like that. Um, the media guy will grab you as soon as you come off the ice and just tell you to hang around and you're going to be doing an interview. Um, do you remember some of your, like, who were the guys in, well, mostly in Arizona, I guess, that doing, was it, uh, I'm trying to think, Todd, uh, TV guy. Uh, yeah, it was Todd. Uh, Todd something. I can't yeah. remember his name off yeah. by heart now either. Uh, yeah, I'll check Fox, that. Fox Did the Duke will figure, yeah, Duke, figure that out. Who Todd, it's like, he's got, had really good hair. Probably still does. He had that nice quaff going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was in Arizona for a long time. He probably still is. I, I can't remember. Um, you can picture his face. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the Duke is working on it. But, um, Did you have, I got to ask you too, Duke. Like, were you doing like lots of uh, research for Gregor's show or like, or what do you like? I mean, is it what's the difference between doing this show and doing Gregor's show? What research do I need to do? I'm pushing the buttons over here. Gregor's the <laughs> one doing the research. Well, I, you know what I mean. Like, oh, I, I drum up the um, so there's the five question segment yeah. uh, and the 440 break. So I came up with those. They were all NHL themed yesterday in honor of the season getting going. But uh, so a little bit of research for like to um, like yesterday was Chris Pronger's birthday. So the one in honor of that it was okay. uh, asked who is the meanest defenseman currently in the NHL. There's a lot of NHLers with uh, or former NHLers with birthdays yesterday. Actually, oh. Shane Doan, uh, Pete Mahovlich, Bobby Nystrom. There's a long list actually. So, but other, otherwise, no. Like I was kind of in called in last minute type duty. So it was just uh, fly by the seat of your pants and make sure all the commercials get aired and all the liners get read. Oh, what a job. <laughs> like, you know, uh, you got to find that clip though. We got to get that on. Oh, Look yeah. at the Duke. <laughs> Look at the Duke. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. I wanted to ask you, uh, so did you have the volume up before the game when Kelly Sutherland went to center ice? Yeah. Okay. Saw that. What did you think of that? I thought it was pretty cool. I hated it. You hated it? I, I <laughs> thought it stunk. And I know Kelly Sutherland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this, and then, you know what? It was done before the Vegas game, not as much. Was that West McCauley? I was going to say that. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't think it was West McCauley. I'm not sure the name. I recognize the face, yeah. but uh, he said something too. Yeah, but it wasn't to the extent of Sutherland. Sutherland was like, he might as well have said, are we going to have a beer after the game, guys? Are we going to go for a beer? What do you think? 
Well, it's Crosby and Bedard. Huh? Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you saw that, let us know. one 401 What did you think? Kevin Carius, David Schlemko on Sports uh, 1440. So, Oilers in action tonight. Um, first game of the season. Do you uh, you remember your first games of the seasons? Where you, did you have the butterflies? Did you kind of feel that you were looking forward to it in the sense that we're, you know, getting started here, everyone's on a positive note, kind of things like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a lot of excitement. Uh, I remember my first opening night I made the roster. We were actually in Prague in the Czech Republic. So it was a little bit different. I think the game was like an afternoon game and, you know, the food's different and a little weird. So you're, you're really just trying to grasp at straws to get some familiarity and just try and stay in your routine as best I could. But um, uh, most, most home openers are great. It's uh, it's a relief to camp and that grind is finally over and you're probably feeling health-wise about as good as you're going to feel all year. So um, there's a lot of energy and uh, a lot of excitement. Hmm. Uh, B sends in a text to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Nice to hear David is back in town on the radio with you, Kevin. I played some shinny with him back in the day. Uh, I'm going to leave that next part out and let's just say uh, me and the other... <laughs> Other dads didn't touch the puck much until he passed it to us. Uh, Who's that? <laughs> it just says B. His voice is much deeper now, too. Um, yeah, well, we can talk about the other part in the break. Uh, so here's another one. So kind of what we were touching on, Schlammer. Yeah. Hey, guys, great show. Curious, are you allowed to decline the interview requests, or does the league make you do them? That's uh, Darren in Calgary. Uh, very frowned upon. I think... Uh, he- Either you or the team can get fined if, if you don't go. I mean, obviously, guys have done it, and mm-hmm. when they do, the media makes a huge deal about it. Uh, I think Shifley did it once last year, and everyone was up in arms. Yeah. So, no, you do your best. Uh, you know, you make a terrible play and cost you the game, and yeah. you got to kind of go face the music after. That's not the most fun time to do an interview, but it's part of the job uh text uh, they're not happy about me and kelly sutherland um this is <laughs> i know who this is this is jeff and i believe it's an old uh teammate of mine i know sudsy well i actually liked his chat with crosby and bedard at the start of the game big john says don't be a grump he was just <laughs> saying hello to sid and welcoming bedard to the nhl i don't get the big deal that comes from big john well, did you just think it was cheesy or I just thought it was sucking like, up a little bit? I just thought it was a little... I know... Okay, first of all, that's league mandated. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, Kelly Sutherland did not go and say, hey, I want to make sure that I, my mic is on here and I'm going to say something for 15 seconds before the puck drop. No, it's all about selling the game. It's all so that's league fans. mandated? Yeah, I would So he's so. told by whomever, Stephen Walcom or who, I don't know. Or where's the directive coming from? Probably from marketing from the league, someone like that, and getting passed down. I know even when I was in the league, they were really trying to do that, trying to promote the game more and make it more fan-friendly and social media and promote the players more, all that kind of stuff, because we felt we were way behind compared to football, basketball, baseball. So are we going to see those on the four Canadian games tonight? I would imagine. You think so? So you think that uh, before the Leafs game, uh, we'll see it at 5 o'clock, and before the Oilers game, the ones that we're going to watch mostly, I guess, uh, unless you want to watch the other two, 
You're gonna you're gonna say the official tonight in Toronto is gonna say, "Hey Austin, how are you? How was your summer? Did you enjoy your summer?" Um, well, unless it was uh, an ESPN thing, I would expect to see. I think it's straight ESPN. Yeah. Yep. Could yeah. be right. Yeah. You got to make it fan friendly for the Americans. Yeah. You know, they're not just. Hey, Connor, I hope you can get over 150 points this year. That'd be great. Maybe I'll slide you a couple second assists, maybe. (laughs) Maybe a couple calls. I don't know. People aren't too happy with me about about it. (laughs) I don't know. I guess it it just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the storm surge with Marty later, too. Oh, yes. uh, Okay, yeah. What's your opinion on that? Okay, mine? Yeah. Well, it depends on, like... I like the stuff where they do the clapping around the circle. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But all the other stuff. The, well, all obnoxious. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you, I, I'm good. Yeah, we forgot to mention. So Jordan Martinick's going to join us. So you played with him in Arizona? Or um, else? I was kind of okay. leaving right when he came up, yeah. but uh, we trained together in St. Albert for a number of years okay. together. So. And he played in the AJHL for, was it two years or a year and a half? He played in the AJHL before he went out to, yeah, uh, on to the Vancouver. West Coast, to Vancouver. Yeah. So, yeah, Jordan Martinick's coming up at the 1020. Uh, when we come back, it's going to be Nick Cosmiter uh, with the Denver Broncos in our pigskin report uh, covering Denver. That's another mess uh, right there. Uh, there, see, this is it right here. Northside Norm. Bedard backed off the faceoff because of Sutherland's comments. <laughs> and he did. He was That caught him by surprise. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it's back though to make sure he was ready. Uh, so, so yeah, okay. well, oh, but I mean, like he's going first game. He's going. Why is Kelly Sutherland saying welcome to the NHL, Connor? Because he's the next big deal. Yeah, but you could say that you don't need the mic on. Hey, what did the guy in Vegas say? I can't remember now. It was he wanted he wanted nothing of it. He Can we find out that one, Duke? Who the ref was last night in Vegas? Did did that? It's going to be a yeah. show or something like that. Yeah, I'll yeah. dig it up. And yeah. just to put a wrap on, like, well, not necessarily a wrap, but like. <laughs> you, you don't want me to talk about this well, anymore? No, I do, because like, you're passionate about <laughs> it. But I think it all stems from, like, it started at the World Juniors yes. a couple of years ago. And it was not yeah. intentional. It was, like, actually just picked up by the arena mics. And yeah. now it's become this big thing. I'm on your side, Kevin. Like, I think it's cheesy. And I think it's, like, very much unnecessary, especially to actually the fact that they air it as part of the broadcast is what makes it cheesy. If the guy's just saying that to the centerman, like first game of the year, let's have a good one, whatever. I'm totally cool with that, but they're like making a spectacle of it, and I don't see what it, what extra element it provides for the fans or the viewers. Like mm-hmm. I don't get that. It it makes me cringe <laughs> listening to it. Uh, this is great, Chris Lee in Vegas. Thank you. That uh, comes in from Brock. It was Chris Lee in Vegas. He said something along the lines of, "It's going to be electric." Yeah, yeah electric. That's yeah. what it was. So you didn't like that either. No, Big John's on me again, though. Who cares if he backed up, <laughs> or you're just being grumpy to be grumpy. Big John. Love you, Big John. Well, maybe it did distract him because he got it snapped back at yeah. about 100 miles an hour. Exactly. He lost there. a face off, didn't have a sniff what was going on. Like, you know. Uh, when we come back, we'll see if uh, Nick Cosmiter thinks that the referee should be talking to the players. No. Uh, the uh, Denver Broncos uh, covers it with the Athletic on our pigskin report that's coming up right after the break with Karius and Schlemko on Sports 1440.
All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Pigskin Report, brought to you by Mr. Lube. Stop in now for an oil change. No appointment necessary. Be winner ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations. Check out Mr. Lube. Dot com as we welcome in Nick Cosmiter from The Athletic covering the Denver Broncos. Uh, Nick, welcome to the big program. How are you down in Denver? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on. And I got to throw a curveball at you here right off the hop because we were watching the NHL games last night and before the games, because ESPN was doing the games, the, uh, the Connor Bedard game with Sidney Crosby, the referee went and talked to them before the game, right before the puck drop. And I said, I didn't like it. Um, would you have an opinion on this? What would happen if, if say, something happened in the NFL and these guys, uh, an official at the start of the game said, hey, let's uh, talk to Russell Wilson, let's talk to whomever, maybe Pat Mahomes. Hey, how was the summer, guys? Did you enjoy it? What about last week? Because that's what the, the gist of it. Not sure if you saw that last night, but and I don't even know I'm ratting on this. I don't it's think the ref even said that. I definitely think it would be a situation where uh, you, you would throw guys for a loop, especially that close to the, to the start of the game when they're, <laughs> You know, you're you're in your zone. You have your sort of pregame rituals or whatever, and then all of a sudden you get um, you get some idle chit chat, and, and uh, I, I think uh, they would be they would be looking at the ref sideways uh, for sure. You're well, making Kevin so happy uh, right thank, now. Uh, thanks, thanks for that, Nick. I appreciate it. You're with uh, Kevin Carries and uh, co-host uh, David Schlemko, former NHLer here on uh, Sports 1440. So, uh, Denver uh, tomorrow night in Kansas City. I mean, not many people are giving uh, Broncos much of a chance in this game, but uh, how do you see things shaking down tomorrow? Yeah, you're right. Uh, the Denver is a 10.5-point underdog, and this is new territory for Broncos coach Sean Payton. He played... 200 or he coached 241 games uh during his 15 seasons as a coach of the new orleans saints he was only a double digit underdog three times in those 241 games so this is new territory for him he is understanding that he has taken over a broncos team that um has a lot of has a lot of work to do a long way to go in terms of becoming a you know becoming a contender becoming a team that um you know just knows how to consistently put together games and the Broncos have been a more talented offensive team than they were a year ago. They're 10th in scoring right now. The problem is they just have um, a, a, an awful defense. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in some measurements, <laughs> some advanced statistical measurements, they have the worst defense through five games um, in, in the last four decades. That, that's how bad it has been. So, you know, it is a tough task for a defense struggling that mightily to have to go up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who – um, aren't necessarily clicking on on the cylinders that that we are used to, um, but still have managed to you know be ninth in the league in scoring and 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 uh, pile up a four and one record. Uh, the Broncos, who have lost fifteen in a row to the Chiefs, know uh, that they have a, a very tough task ahead tomorrow night. So what about on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, looked like Russell Wilson and Sean Payton had a little exchange on the sidelines. Is there a little bit of friction there, or is this kind of just the media blowing it out of proportion? Yeah, we asked Sean Payton about that on Monday. He, he said it was really just specific to the play that had just occurred, and that was the, the fumble um, uh, in which Quincy Williams, the New York Jets linebacker, um, splits from the weak side and um, sacked Russell Wilson from behind, forced a fumble that the Jets picked up in return for a game-clinching touchdown. And, and Sean Payton was just, you know, kind of telling him, hey, you know, we, we signaled that the weak side linebacker was, was kind of our hot, our hot read, meaning that, like, nobody's blocking him, so if you can't get the ball out, you need to, you need to throw it away. 
and and Russell Wilson waited too long. So I, I think it was just in that moment, you know, just sort of mm-hmm. telling him about the play. I think Russell Wilson knew that that one was on him. But I would say, by and large, those two, their relationship has been has been good. I think that's the one thing right now going for the Broncos is that, um, you know, Russell Wilson is, is, is off to a good start, um, you know, largely through five games, uh, certainly much better than he was a year ago. Um, but again, there's just too many other issues that this team has right now to, to win on a consistent basis. Kevin Carey is David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Our guest is Nick Kosmeiter uh, from The Athletic in Denver. Uh, Nick, has the backfield kind of sorting itself out? I mean, uh, uh, McLaughlin's come in. Uh, Javante Williams is, you know, he's been banged up. But where do you see the backfield moving forward here? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. The Broncos, um, they rank fourth in the NFL in yards per carry. So they have been an efficient running team. The problem is they have not they have not run the ball enough. And Sean Payton they they lost to the Jets. They lost by ten, but they were they were trailing by just three on their last drive. And in that game, Sean Payton sort of um, you know criticized himself for not staying patient enough with the run in the second half as the Broncos were kind of trying to come back from a deficit. Um, and and that has been the case in several games. The Broncos have not fully leaned into that identity yet, even though they have they've done a pretty good job running the football. Um, so, yeah, I think Jaleel McLaughlin is a guy who, is, who has really come on the last two weeks. He's had a larger role. He's one of those guys that every time he touches the football, uh, it can be an explosive play. Javante Williams missed the Jets game, but he should be back on Thursday night. Um, so they, they, have, they have the ability to run the football. It's just going to be a matter of not falling behind in the game so that you have the ability to continue to lean on the running game. That's just something they haven't done consistently enough this year. But if they're going to win games, that's how they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because, you know, they had the two losses uh, early on that were really close games. Yes, I guess game script decides how you're going to kind of employ your play calling. Uh, but it seems every game, they've been in every game, it's been close. So do they feel that they are a, like a one in four team or do they feel maybe they should maybe have a couple more wins? Yeah, you know, they certainly do feel like they should have a couple more wins, specifically the, you know, the week one game against the Raiders, um, the week two game against the Commanders. They had a 21 to three lead in that game. Um, but the, the, the issue is their defense is not good enough to keep teams from, from coming back, um, to keep teams from scoring consistently. So even though the Broncos are making progress uh, offensively, they're, they're just in a situation where they're going to have to, their, their margin for error is so thin. And so, for example, on Sunday, you know, they have, they have a lead, 13-8 to 8 lead at halftime. They're 0-3 at home despite having leads in every game at halftime. Um, but in this particular game, you know, they, they, have, they have this lead, but they, they just aren't able to, to keep it because the defense is, is just is too porous right now. And so Sean Payton said, listen, we, we have this super thin margin for error. Well, the offense goes through a little bit of a lull. They have four straight possessions where they either punt or commit a turnover, and all of a sudden now you're down double digits. It's just it, it's it's really happening quick for them because again their defense can't stop the run, and so you're you're not able to kind of you know put your put your foot down on teams to protect leads. So looking ahead at the trade deadline, I know I've read um, from management, they say they're not looking to do business with any players. But um, if I'm a Denver Broncos fan at home, is it not kind of hard to look ahead to the future? You're sitting at one and four to try and maybe get some assets? Oh, certainly. I think it's it's something that fans are very much um, kind of thinking to right now. Obviously, the trade deadline 
is three weeks away. The Broncos have three games between now and then, and two of them are against the Chiefs, who, um, again, they have not beaten since 2015. So, you know, if, if you're saying those two are losses, maybe you maybe you figure out a way to beat the Packers at home next uh, a week from Sunday, but that still leaves you at two and six at the deadline with no real path to, you know, to saving your season at that point. I, I think absolutely – um, even though, you know, part of the Broncos coming out yesterday and saying we're not looking to do business with any other team, but Sean Payton also said, you know, teams call and, and we'll pick up the phone. Um, right, right now they're just, you know, they're, they're trying to take the edge off for some of their players in that locker room who are already kind of feeling some of the anxiety that comes with being one and four. Um, but I certainly think the Broncos will be in the mix as a as sort of a seller candidate um, just because they do need more draft capital. They have a lot of holes to fill on this team, and they need to do that with young players, uh, you know, who are more cost-effective, a little bit younger. That, that's what this team needs. They need to get they need to get younger. They need to get faster. Uh, they need to get more financially lean. And and the trade deadline is where you can start doing some of that business. Kevin Carey's David Schlemko on Sports fourteen forty in Edmonton. Our guest is uh, Nick Kosminer from the Athletic in uh, Denver. You know, um, Nick, there's so many Broncos fans in Edmonton and area, and a lot of that has to do with. Um, the old owner, Pat Bolin, who was from Edmonton and ended up going down there. Then he took a, an old buddy of his, Freddie Fleming. Uh, Pat Bolin actually uh, used to play for the old junior team, the Edmonton Huskies here in oh, late 50s, early 60s, something like that. So a uh, very you know, passionate guy that you know, still had a lot of friends here uh, when he was kind of you know, taking over the Broncos and then once he uh, basically ran the, the team for so many years. But I was just wondering how the, the new ownership, when it's come in, uh, the sale and everything how that's kind of been received after i mean pat bowen was there for so many years and you know won the championships things like that yeah yeah no it's a great question you know obviously pat bowen is highly revered in denver to this day um you know again he took a team that was um you know just sort of a, a, a almost like a niche small group fan base type of thing and really turned it into a, a national brand, um, which is what the Broncos became in the 90s there when they won back-to-back Super Bowls behind John Elway and Terrell Davis. Um, he, he is beloved here. But the, as much as that is the case, there was a, there was a period after he was, um, you know, he had to step away due to his health issues that the Broncos were kind of in this sort of no-man's land, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, Joe Ellis, a longtime right-hand man of, of Pat Bowen, uh, was sort of the owner designee, um, but again, the Broncos didn't have that just you know sure-handed leadership that they had when Pat Bowen was running the team, and so I, I think fans were very much eager to have new ownership to to have somebody that was there on the day-to-day basis taking control. And, and so far, the team I, I think fans that I talked to are really optimistic about this ownership group. They obviously have the resources that the richest ownership group in the NFL. Um, and they've already started to see how the, how the, the group is investing into the team, whether that is a $100 million renovation that they did in one offseason to the stadium, um, you know, uh, uniform, uniform adjustments or, or helmet adjustments, things that the fans have wanted to see for some time. This ownership group has come in and done that. They've been willing to spend money in free agency. Um, so there, there are signs that this, this, this ownership group is very invested. Um, but, again, it's, it's, they're, they're seeing that they have – a lot of work to do in terms of steering the ship around because the Broncos have not made the playoffs since 2015. Mm-hmm. They've had seven straight, or they've had six straight losing seasons. Right now, culturally, it, the, the ownership group faces a big task of kind of getting this all turned around. 
Uh, Nick Kuzminer from The Athletic in Denver is our guest. Uh, kind of a different question for you, Nick, regarding, um, you know, everyone knows how popular, and you just kind of talked about it, but uh, the Broncos are. Has it changed a little bit this year with Coach Prime and, and, and the Buffaloes and things like that? Has it kind of taken a little bit of a piece of that pie, or is it just, you know, it's college versus NFL, it doesn't work that way? Well, no, it's, it's a really interesting point, and you could add into that that obviously – you know, the Avalanche playing the way that they have, that, you know, they won the title two years ago. Um, we're, we're still a really good team last year, but, but obviously got knocked out early in the playoffs. So you, you have the excitement around them. And then, of course, the Denver Nuggets winning mm-hmm. the, the franchise's first NBA title in June. Um, and then, yes, Prime comes in, which he, there, there's a fervor around, around that program and around him, like nothing that I've ever seen. So I do think that there could slowly be something of a leaching away from, from the Broncos if they don't ultimately start winning games more consistently. Now, this is a dedicated fan base. They have the second longest sellout streak uh, for home games in all of the NFL. You know, the stadium is still packed every week. Um, but I, I think this ownership group knows they can't take that for granted, right? Um, it, it's how you treat the fans. It's how you put a product on the field that they can be proud of. It's how you have a plan and are able to explain that vision if it's going to take some time to get where you're wanting to go. So all those things I think this group is is cognizant of that, hey, like people have other options. Um, we have to continue to, you know, to work at turning this thing around because we cannot take this great fan um, support that we have mm-hmm. for, for, for granted. And I don't think they are, but it's just a, a, a situation where at a certain point you, you reach this streak of, of, of as many times as the Broncos have missed the playoffs and have had losing seasons. They have to turn it around um, for the sake of their fans. Do you think they're close to turning it around, uh, Nick? It's hard to say. You know, I, I think I think the, the next couple of weeks will be a real big tell in terms of what their overall plan is. If, if they start trading away a lot of these veterans, um, and, and piling up these assets for, for, for the draft um, and, and sort of creating more cap space, you're going to start to see, I think, a plan of, of how they want to build this thing in Sean Payton's image. Um, it's, it's hard to see sort of the forest through the trees at this point. Mm-hmm. I do think there is a, a plan there. Um, but again, this team needs more talent. They're, they're short on speed. Um, they, they just don't have as many young athletic players as you're seeing in some of the other teams, um, you know, that are, that are contenders in the AFC. So um, that's where it's really got to start for them. They have not been able to build in the draft enough the last couple of years, because when you trade for a Russell Wilson and give up five draft picks, and then you give up a first round draft pick to, to be able to hire Sean Payton from the saints, um, you just, you're lacking that, that opportunity, if you will, to, to add new, young, talented, fast players to your system. So that's where they really have to get to is building this thing up through the NFL draft. Um, that's what's going to be the key for them to be able to turn it around. Hey, uh, Nick, thanks so much for your time today. Obviously, you know your stuff, and when you agree on the officials talking to the players uh, before the games, <laughs> I just appreciate your your time. Uh, uh, have fun uh, watching the game tomorrow, and I guess, you know, have fun with the Avalanche, another exciting team. It's going to be a good season down there, and, man, uh, you're in one of the best yeah, sports towns going. Where I get to be, yeah, where I get to be a fan. To get to get uh, that, that's my That's my sort of thing to get to take yeah. the kid over to uh, to ball arena and watch the avalanche um, very much looking forward to that oh. this year do you get to go to a lot of games with your kid then yeah we go to we go to a fair amount um you know i i do a lot of you know radio work for for altitude which mm-hmm. is you know sort of the that runs the team there and so able to get tickets from time to time to go see some of those games and he's 
my son's four and he started to get into it talking about wanting to play hockey and there's some really great youth programs out here so we're hoping that this winter we'll get him involved in that and um, you know kind of see where it goes from there oh that's great cool to see you thanks for your time and we'll uh, chat in the next uh, little bit in the near future thanks Nick thanks Nick All right, fellas thank you have a great day yeah uh, you too that's Nick Cosminer uh, out of the athletic in Denver for our pigskin report be winter ready at mrlube.com uh were you surprised that he sided with? I don't know, Duke. Even you're looking. No one. No one's on my side here. I. I'm not. Except ag- for, I'm not against you. Okay. I just. I don't think it was that gonna, easy. What did he say? He said to Sid, like, "Hey, welcome back for another season, Connor. Welcome to the NHL." Yeah, but it was the it was the lovey touchy it's, it's thing. The delivery. Yeah, it was everything. <laughs> We're, you know what? We got a whole bunch of texts coming in. The, the best one is coming from the dub, and I'm going to get that. We're going to get to that one when we come back. Uh, yeah, it's you're going to enjoy that one too. So, Carrie Schlemko, Sports 1440. Lots more to come right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carrius, David Schlemko, the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Is that a dig at me needing some education or something for this topic that we've kind of got off the rails on? Or what? No, I think Schlemmer's a oh. Floyd guy, I oh. think. Isn't he? I don't know. You Pink Floyd guy? Yeah, I love Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. Any classic rock. Here I thought I was I'm getting game. it for the, all these texts coming in, and these guys are <laughs> well, all that, over that me. Well, that might be another, uh, <laughs> so, need a whole different library of music for yes. that. Yeah. Now, here's one from the dub. And, of course, if you just are joining us, we were talking about the start of the game yesterday. Well, two of them, actually. Uh, t- to be honest with you, I never saw the start of the uh, Tampa I Nashville game. Maybe so, they had it there, too. Started too early. we have to figure that, that out. One. So the big one was, though, Connor Bedard, Sidney Crosby talking at the beginning of the game. Kelly Sutter said, you know, it was basically a love fest to, for the first 10 seconds, da-da-da-da-da. Then Chris Lee did it, a minor, just a minor greeting in the uh, Seattle and Vegas game. So text coming in. Here's the dub. If the refs are going to be a part of the show, they should have their names back on their jerseys. Now, Framer Johnny says the Oilers should start four centers tonight and see what the ref says but here <laughs> here is the best one and um i don't know if we got a name on it but it doesn't matter i gotta read it anyway put a name on this one if you if you don't mind send another one in if they do the little greeting tonight i hope someone beats the refs to the punch like how's the vision doing did you get that lasik <laughs> no that is solid uh, that's good yeah that is solid uh, that's good and uh then of course now uh Blake comes in. I thought Low Tide was the grumpy old man that yells at the clouds. Not you, Kevin. That comes from uh, Blake-eyed Blake. So I agree with the ref's name bars, though. Why did yeah. they take those off? Well, because they were getting, you know, pelted with uh, not so great compliments. I mean, once like, you see that name on there, the, social the fans. Social media or the players? Oh, I think fans. Fans, I think yeah. fans, you know, you know, whoever it would be, so-and-so, you suck, da-da-da-da-da. So I think, and I mean, you can find out the names quite easily now. Yeah. It's not like the old days. If you really want, I mean, all you do is just check out number 49 and it's got a big list of, you know, on the interweb. So. Yeah. Well, we had the game notes as players. Yeah. I remember Shane Doan <laughs> always before every game would come over to our equipment manager stand and make sure you knew all the lines and all the refs first names so you could talk to them and maybe get a couple of calls. Yeah. Well, for sure. Um, you know, in the, uh, and I haven't seen this on the Oilers bench, but I can't confirm this, but a lot of times when you go to the morning skate or whatever, on the visitor's bench, there have been teams that put uh, the name bars on the dasher board. They'll put the name bars of the refs and the linesmen. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen that, actually. Yeah. And it just kind of, just, they got, you know, they have the Velcro there. And I think that, you know, they have a couple All right. chances to do that. So it doesn't hurt to talk to them. No. Get them on your side. Well, look at it. I mean, look what's happening now. It's just, uh, you know, they're talking at the beginning, beginning of the game. Yeah. You know, did you see any penalties on Bedard? No. <laughs> hey, did Sid get called? No. Hard to get a penalty when you have the puck. <laughs> uh, honest Ed, in a world full of anger and gibberish, a referee exchanging pleasantries with players to start a game doesn't seem like something to complain about. Uh, there you go. Uh, glad you enjoy my wit. That was from uh, Guji, I guess. Guji. Guji that sent... Uh, I uh, hope someone beats the ref to the punch. How's the vision doing? Did you get that LASIK? Um, I think yeah. we're having a little fun with this. He too. wouldn't it's be getting not, any calls. Yeah. That. <laughs> Again, I was telling you, one of the best lines ever is uh, a guy yelled out over the boards years and years ago, come on, ref, if you had another eye, you'd be a cyclops. That's, that's, that's your classic. Chair. That's classic. <laughs> classic. Uh, All about the classic, Kev. Yeah. Text comes in, when I was a ref, I always talked to the players, created a bind, uh, and uh, everyone was more focused on hockey than doing crimes. Bond. Crimes. Created a bond. Sorry. Right. Um, you know who I, we could get on this real quickly is uh, Brad Meyer. You remember Brad Meyer, right? He used to be ref forever and ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, now he's doing, and I talked to him at the last uh, two Oiler games ago. He was up in the booth. He's, he, he's kind of like, uh, you know, he's not just NHL, but he's doing WHL as well. So he goes and just right. kind of rates the referees, does a little, you know, watches and kind of, you know, sort of does all that kind of stuff. So he's um, like the Stephen Wacom. I guess. I think they have more. They probably have more than just one or two guys. They got to have guys that can get to a certain amount of games. Um, and I'm, I've known Brad for a long time, since the mid-'80s. Uh, he said that he enjoyed his daughter, I think, is in Calgary going to UFC, and I think his son is going to school somewhere. So uh, a lot of the Western League games, so he can hit them all in the province here so he doesn't have to travel around nice. too much. Maybe we'll get Brad on tomorrow. How's that sound, Duke? Sounds like a plan, Like, Kev. do you imagine, like, I would like okay, the first question, Brad, what do you think of this? What do you think? What do you think he'd say? Uh oh. Okay, so I don't know. Framer Johnny. So I again. I some of these texts come in, Duke. Okay, and I. It's hard to understand them. I meant their fourth line center to see if he would get the same talk, same love. So, yeah. like, do you think if it's, I don't know, if Matthias Janmark takes the opening faceoff tonight, that the referee is going to say the same things that he would say to Connor McDavid? You might have to skate behind him to see his name bar first. <laughs> I, I think I prefer the way you interpreted the text originally, Kevin. They just start four, four centermen centers, that are yeah. kind of constantly swirling. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That's kind of so how I thought. They won't know who to talk to until all of a sudden they're right at the dot, and all of a sudden the ref might get flustered. He's got like this, like he was practicing his lines before he came out, out of the tunnel, mm-hmm. but now it's all out the window. He's got to ad-lib it. He might, uh, he might mess up or something. Well, exactly. So four centers. Yeah. Well, hey, who are the centers in the Vegas game? Because he didn't really talk to them. Well, he again, said, they, but he didn't talk to anyone. He just said, you know, have a good game, guys. Da, 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 let's get on with it. It yeah. wasn't like, again, oh, welcome back, Sid. It's your 19th <laughs> year. Connor, welcome to the NHL. Oh, those are your gatekeepers. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Here's uh, the hammer, unrelated. Uh, uh, have you been kind of ca- keeping an eye on the hammer on Thursdays with Laddie Schmid? These guys apparently play hockey, but we're not sure if this hammer guy plays. And the hammer has sent a text in. Bad news, Kevin. Thursday shinny is today. It appears that the model, Laddie Schmid, is back in the lineup. But we expect that the stone hands are still there. Either way, the stats from today's game don't officially count. I guess. I don't know. So are you, are you not playing much hockey then anymore, or what are you doing? Uh, no, I'm just doing like some skill development mm-hmm. with all the NAX teams and yeah. just a little bit of skill work here and there. Every once in a while, I'll jump into the Thursday night hockey shiny game. Yeah, Oilers alumni coming up. Uh, will you be? Yeah, November I think is the first somewhere one. in there end of end of this month, early November. Yeah, are you going to keep the? We're gonna keep the deep partnership. Going? Yeah, if, in All case right. you're not aware, uh, David Schlemko and myself are—they call us the Twin Towers out there. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin does. I don't do anything. All the carry in the mail. No, 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 no. Stay no. back for him it's and bad. watch him go. But you know what's fun? I, I I enjoy it out there. The guys, good time. you know, I'm probably one of the older guys, but it seems to. There's you know. a few of them out there. Well, I mean, Doug Hicks is old. Yeah. Er, I shouldn't say that. Sorry, Hicksy. Uh, but uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of guys that are over 45 yeah, I or 50 or 55. It's not like a breakneck pace out there. No. To, by any means. Well, it depends on who has the puck. I mean, I still think there's like. Unless Tass has it. Yeah, Matt Tassoni. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what? We never really talked any baseball yet today. Let's get to baseball for four or five minutes. So did you, uh, there's another thing. So, Yesterday, so the game started at 3.30. Um, hockey game's kind of starting at the same time. You know, everything's kind of... Does a guy go... Are you flipping through the channels a little bit here and there? Or I was at the start, yeah. but uh, at the baseball playoffs are getting a little disappointing. Like, I want to see some tight games. I want to see some exciting ninth innings. What are the games last night? Like, 7-1 and 9-1 or something? Yeah, like, well... I mean, I'm Texas not just looks from hockey for that. I mean, Jordan Alvarez for Houston looks like he's in such a groove right now, hitting the ball. Corey Seager is in the same position with Texas. He's just on another planet. Um, uh, those two guys can are carrying their teams right now. And I mean, who? Well, how many home runs yesterday, Duke, in the Texas game? Three. There was uh, uh, three in the Texas Nate game, Lowe. and then a couple in the Houston yeah. game as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, Jose Abreu. Well, Abreu had Abreu, two, and then yeah. I think Bregman and. Alvarez had one. Alvarez more. had one. Uh, also yes. four in that four. game. Yeah. yeah, four and three. Nate Lowe's just he's swinging the bat well. Seager's swinging the bat well. The only thing that Texas has a little problem with is the back end of their bullpen right now. Uh, I mean, they're starting when you're pit- when you're leading seven one. Who cares? <laughs> well, but I mean, they I mean, Chapman. He was. Uh, he's so erratic uh, uh, that you never know what you're going to get with him. So, I mean, Jose Leclerc was terrible at the start of the year terrible so they had to bring him in to kind of cool things off so uh text coming in one 401 we sort of created a you know what storm with this oh 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 this is a voice this is a name from the past we got uh hey kevin i have had many conversations with refs on the way to the penalty box <laughs> most conversations can't be shared on air i still don't like them much but now they talk nice things i don't get it lol great show that comes from mike paul and chuck so paulie you know, while well, his son played for the alberta golden bears here in the last little bit uh but paulie back in the day was uh, the key was the a big big 
tough enforcer in the junior leagues. Like this guy oh, yeah. was a monster. Uh, and the other thing with Paul, most people don't know, he was. He just looked so tough. He had a beard when he was like, you know, 14. Oh, yeah. uh, but the other thing too is he he wanted to uh, do WWF on the ice. Like he loved that. He, like he wanted to do, you know, jumping right. off the top boards. He'd jump on the dasher boards if he could. Oh, and do, yeah. Do an elbow smash. He's a showman. Oh, He'd yes. Spin his helmet around um, when he squared off. Oh, yes. Uh, Pillman. Kevin, I totally agree with you. We don't need to hear that. Kevin. Um, uh, Doug says, are the referees supposed to see that starting lineup that is the same on the game sheet? Uh, otherwise, it's a penalty. It's very true. That's one of their main jobs, is it? Not? You have to... How many times does that happen? You get a minor penalty to start the game. Yeah. I've seen it happen, actually, where a guy is supposed to be... Or not, it wasn't even written in the lineup. Yeah. And then he gets kicked off the ice a few shifts into the game, and then you mm-hmm. get a penalty. I've well, had in Calgary once. Um, good to hear from uh, Mike Polinchek. Uh, Paulie, thanks for listening, big guy. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, we'll, we've got uh, little AJHL to talk about. Adam Surgery, GM of the Sherwood Park Crusaders, the crew off to a good start in the AJHL. We'll go in the community for that on the uh, Curious Schlemko Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us after the break.